Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger, and again this week, uh, sadly, we won't be joined by our usual co-host, Marcy, but again, we are incredibly lucky to have an amazing guest. Uh, we're joined today by uh, Pete the Retailer from the Star Wars Minute. Hi, Pete. How you doing? Hi. Thanks for having me back. Oh, Sorry I'm not to, your wife. Good to have you back. Well... <laughs> I don't know. I should have a funny line to come back on that, but uh, I'm just probably just going to leave that in there, right? The way that it is. This is minute 11. This minute starts with Dalton and Denise trading glances, and it ends with Carrie Ann learning Dalton's secret identity. Where should we start? I I feel like we have to start in this minute with the large, curly-haired bouncer, who is maybe the person that you teased in the last minute you were going to tell me about. Is that who it is? It uh, absolutely is. Okay, we'll talk about him in a minute. This this minute begins with Morgan taking our barfly and literally attempting to throw him into as many people in the bar as possible. Um, what, good, what, were you, uh, what were your thoughts on his uh, his bouncing skills? Not the best way to keep things quiet and clean. Take a guy and just throw him into a bunch of other guys, into a table and a bunch of other guys. You know, then you're, you're, there's going to be broken glass. There's going to be fighting. There's going to be, you know, tables that need repair, I'm sure. I have written in my notes that uh, Morgan is the nuclear fission bomb of coolers. Mm. Like that is his job to just generate other chaotic situations as often as possible yeah exactly it's like the and they it, he kind of like hands it off then because uh, like the other guys kind of come in that's right like he he literally he, he picks up the guy by his shirt throws him into the crowd and then walks away it's like job done right. um and the, like there's another guy. guy there's so there's that guy you see with the blonde hair his name is mm-hmm. hank Mm. Uh, and it's sort of it's up to Hank to now take these ten or eleven people that are now kind of a, a skew all over the place and try to sort things out. And oh, by the way, get our rude barfly out of the bar. Right. So that that is a that is a fantastic scene. Now I don't I don't want to step in your way though. Would you like to talk to us about our man Terry Funk? This was uh, like like I said, I'd never seen this movie, and then I was like, I had a vague idea of what it was about. But then jumping in and then be like, in that first minute, you know, we we see him barely at the end it's a great reveal that he's you know the way that they're angled at the at the end of last minute mr barfly and um i've already forgotten her name denise Um, denise or you could just call her the body the body yeah um the way that they're angled we don't even see terry funk for a minute then he just kind of pops out from behind them to let you know that he's he doesn't approve of this situation Um, so but what is what is your watch a minute and be like oh like john doe and terry funk are in this movie this is a punk rock and wrestling movie all right i can i can deal are you a wrestling guy do you have experience with terry funk i was the perfect age for the kind of original wave wrestlemania um wwe WWF you should have been all over like Hulkamania and the Million Dollar yeah. Man and Andre the Giant. That's that should have been right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, well, I was never uh, not to not to sound hipstery, but I was never that into Hulk Hogan. He was a little too kind of blatant, clean cut, you know, good guy for me. I like interesting other guys, and and there was a during that period there was a um, Terry Funk was in was involved i think he was at wrestlemania 2 or 3 or something like that and he was somebody that then as i you know i i've never fully given up on wrestling i maintain a a um, a critical interest in it and there's a lot of awful hyper masculine misogynistic stuff that happens uh, um in it and it's not uh, you know i would never defend it but there's also a lot of interesting storytelling and and athletic stuff that happens i think my favorite my least favorite part of wrestling is often the wrestling itself i 
love the ridiculous gimmicks and storylines and stuff. You like so. the soap opera. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and just kind of seeing what the fact that it is, sorry, spoiler alert, the fact that it is often, um, you know, the outcomes are predetermined. What? It, it allows for a certain kind of catharsis that you don't get sometimes. And often you don't because things change midstream. But the fact that you can kind of be watching something and watching it build and hoping that that's what happens and then it does because that's what should happen is um, key to the success and popularity of wrestling anyway but but Terry Funk was always one of those guys who was around and then he became kind of legendary in that he he was kind of a, a tough guy he was a a one of the kind of originators purveyors of this kind of hardcore style which i'm not a huge fan of but he was a uh, do you um, do, do you want to do do you want to do 90 seconds on the mickey rourke movie the wrestler what do you think about that did you see that um i did see that i remember it being pretty good the fact that you mentioned hardcore wrestling kind of mm -hmm. makes me go straight to like randy the ram and how he like is like those guys are like they're like cutting themselves with razor blades and hitting themselves with chairs and stuff like that um yeah, yeah i don't i don't think I, I would have the stomach for that no 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 I, I and you know it's not at all my cup of tea but but he's you know somebody i respect out of that and uh, maybe not for that part of what he's done but he's been around for forever and people lots of different people respect him as far as uh performer and storytelling capabilities and stuff so it's uh, happy to see and he, like I said, he is one two punch i'm like oh hey I'm pleased to report that he is great in this movie and he has an extended run through this movie. We're going to yeah. see him almost all the way up through until the end. And in the parlance of wrestling, he has an amazing heel turn, mm -hmm. although it's hard not to argue that he's kind of a heel right now. But uh, in terms of sort of which side he's on, he's got an amazing heel turn. Uh, one of the fun things that I learned about Terry Funk is he had an amazing gift for ad-libbing, which I guess you would probably expect from his wrestling background, right? They have to just come up with all kinds of crazy stuff when they're live on mic in the middle of the ring. But he had a, a talent, according to the cast members, of kind of taking what was on the paper and just punching it up a little bit with something just just a little bit better than kind of what they had written down. Yeah. So uh, he's yeah, he's, he's great. I, I love Morgan. Morgan is a is a fantastic character in this movie. Okay. Uh, I I think that probably it's a good transition. I love the scene where Morgan then walks over, stands in front of Dalton, and he's like, "You, you're not drinking." you're out of here. And Dalton looks at him like, who are you kidding, man? Like <laughs> Dalton, Dalton seems incredibly not intimidated by Morgan. Right. Again, having not seen this, what is there? What, what's he doing there? Dalton? What's his deal? at this? Oh, point? wow. Okay. So yeah. So let me catch you up on the first nine minutes before you joined mm -hmm. our podcast. Dalton is so in this minute, Morgan is still technically the cooler, which is what you would call the head bouncer um, at the double deuce. Right. Unbeknownst perhaps to him, Dalton has just been hired by Tillman, who's the man who owns the double deuce, who we're going to see in the next minute. Dalton has been hired by Tillman okay. to become the new cooler. And so even though Dalton is kind of not really started punching his clock, obviously, he's about to come in and take over Morgan's job and according to Tillman, he's going to be put in charge of all the bar business. And so it's mm. kind of his, it's going to be his job to take the, the double deuce and turn it from a disaster into a little gem. Hmm. And that's okay. what most of the movie is about. All right. So uh, you, can, you can imagine that this is probably not going to go well 
for Morgan. But I mean, you would agree, like the the look that Patrick Swayze gives to Terry Funk is like, get right. out of here, man. You're you're nothing. <laughs> I could turn you into Swiss cheese just with my eyes. <laughs> well, I do. While that's going on, I do love uh, John Doe's. Just kind of, he's like, ha ha. But that kind of thing. Like, I love that security and safety that, you know, some bartenders have that uh, that they know, that, you know, they trust their staff. Pat the bartender safe. seems to specialize in recognizing, like you said, that he's behind the bar. So he's probably not going to get hit by flying debris. And he could, like you said, he he really likes laughing at other people's misfortune mm-hmm. sure. um, for the next couple of minutes anyway. Yeah. He's also going to. So the amazing thing, both Pat, the bartender and our man, Morgan, are actually Mm -hmm. going to get fired and they're going to go over to the dark side and become henchmen of the big bad guy in this movie. Mm -hmm. So that's going to make it extra fun. But the rest of this minute, sadly, the rest of this minute is mostly consumed with an interaction between Dalton and our waitress, whose name is Carrie Ann. Now, I was a little bit worried that when you said you had someone you wanted to tease in this minute, that you wanted to talk to me a lot about Kathleen Wilhoit, who we're going to talk about in a future minute. In this okay. minute, when we get to character spotlight, we're going to talk about the character of Carrie Ann, but you won't be here on this on that minute, probably. So when did you recognize her? You're good at recognize people. I didn't. And then I looked her up and I was like, it seems like the type of person that I would recognize. It seems like one of those people that I would be like, oh, yeah, her. She's been in this, this and this, except I think, you know, sometimes it's like a, you know, it's like a batting average kind of a thing where it's just like, oh, they've been in all kinds of stuff that I would have seen and recognized her in. But of all the things, I haven't seen any of those. So of all the of all the actors in this movie not named patrick swayze she was probably the person i recognized first and i was like oh that's chloe's sister from er because i used to watch a lot of er oh that's not one of your shows no i know i've never seen er okay she played an annoying character on er and that seems to be something she's really good at because i'm gonna put my cards on the table i find her to be a very annoying character in roadhouse Hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about carrie ann in a little bit but um a couple things dalton clearly seems to be operating on a need-to-know basis with his information what do you think about that exchange where she says you got a name and his response is yeah that is one of those things where i'm like it does seem i know it's supposed to ring it's supposed to come through as cool but it seems very rude oh i think it's i think it's rude i don't think that's supposed to make him seem cool i think that's supposed to make him seem aloof yeah but isn't aloof cool isn't that part of the whole uh well i mean i i get the vibe when i see him say that that he's he knows he's being a jerk and he's trying to be a jerk to this woman that doesn't know him and he sort of seems like so you will find out if you watch the rest of this movie dalton has a little bit of a dark past Mm -hmm. and you get the sense that maybe he doesn't really want people to know who he is if he can avoid it for as long as possible Mm -hmm. i will say that i will follow up that by saying the moment in this particular minute where she finally convinces him to say his name, I think is fantastic because he does this thing in the camera. It's almost like one of those 80s sitcom moments where like he turns around Mm. as he says the word Dalton, as though someone had decided, I mean, this can't be an accident. Like he's clearly choreographing the body spin combined with the announcement of his superhero identity. That's the way I felt when I watched that part of this minute. It should have a little credit, like with Patrick Swayze as Dalton right there. You know, he actually doesn't get it. He doesn't get a with Patrick Swayze as Dalton. He he actually gets credited before the movie. Mm. Like if you watch minute two, it's like Patrick Swayze, Roadhouse. There is one person. So I guess there's another person I recognize when I watch this movie. Because the one person, you know how like famous people get ands or withs or featuring 
Hmm. So the and in this movie's credits is and Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott is in this movie, and he's amazing, as he always is amazing in everything he does. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, I guess this was kind of the height of his powers, right? Sam Elliott? No, of of Patrick Swayze. This is is when he could... Yeah, so, so just a little bit of context from that. I'm glad you asked me that. So this movie went into production right after Dirty Dancing blew up mm. as a as a huge blockbuster. And so there are actually, there are stories, if you watch the featurettes, as I want to watch everything about this movie, when they went on location, like when they needed to shoot exteriors in Fresno, which is where they film most of the outside shots in this movie, they mm. had to hire private security to literally keep like the throngs of young women away from him. Like he was, he was experiencing that kind of like Beatles level of fame. And mm, I, yeah. I don't think he really liked it. I mean, I think it was sort of super uncomfortable for him at the time, but yeah, so this is, sorry, dirty dancing. Right. And he does roadhouse and amazingly. So here's a little piece of trivia as part of his shooting the movie roadhouse, he actually hurts his knee pretty bad in kind of the mm. climactic fight scene against this other like super badass karate guy. He actually mm. hurt his knee and he hurt his knee so badly that he couldn't do another action movie after this. So guess what movie kind of landed in his lap? Uh, I'm trying to remember what comes That's how he ended up doing Ghost. Oh, Ghost. The reason why Patrick Swayze did Ghost was because he needed to kind of be taking it easy for a little while because he hurt his knee too much doing Roadhouse. But if you think about it, so like Dirty Dancing, Roadhouse, Ghost. That is clearly, as uh, they would say on the rewatchables, that is clearly Apex Mountain for Patrick Mm. Swayze in his career, I would say. Kind of that's his, the peak of his power. Yeah, that's pretty great. I mean, the way that Carrie Ann, the way that Carrie Ann reacts to hearing him say the word Dalton tells me that he handled the situation with her exactly the right way. Yeah. She's like, and I don't know. (laughs) No, I don't know what that's supposed to kind of reveal. Like, does she know that? Or is she, is that a, I don't know. Like if this were a Western, which it, which it's obviously, like you said, it's borrowing from, it seems like that would be, that's the family name of the people who were kicked out of this town and are wanted or something like that. Like, it seems like there's a little bit behind it there, unless she's just making fun of his delivery. I'm glad you mentioned that because everybody who made this movie, even when they were doing pre-production, freely said, like, we were trying to make a Western. This is actually a modern-day Western when you watch it. And so Dalton is not, like, from the family of the good guys. Dalton is more like, if this analogy makes sense to you, Dalton is like the man with no name. He's right. the person that has been brought in, or he's like Shane, mm-hmm. um, and he's been brought in to this very bad situation by this family that we think are the good guys and it's his job to kind of to force the bad guy and his henchmen out of town that's essentially the plot of roadhouse in a nutshell Mm. and in a couple of other minutes that you probably aren't going to be on for like dalton's name gets around like there's actually there's a there's a page on the there's a page on the cover of the shooting script of roadhouse that Mm. literally says dalton has worked in over half the states in the union he is the best at what he does. He is a bouncer. All right. So when she hears the name Dalton, she knows, oh, it's that Dalton. And okay. oh, crap. Like, maybe things are actually going to get better around here. All right. And we will see that in, in an upcoming minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming up pretty soon, actually, but not, mm. not on Friday, unfortunately. Um, you got anything else before we talk about the lovely Carrie Ann? I've got a few more things to say about her. But anything else that you noticed here that we should touch on? Just the thing that I didn't really... I mean, it's just ubiquitous throughout the movie, I'm sure. But, but I didn't notice it as much last minute, this minute. 
I feel like it's front and center, but the smoking in bars and how much of a thing that used to be. Yeah, not only smoking in bars. I mean, everybody smokes in this movie, but sadly, right. there are very few minutes in this movie where you do not see a cigarette in Patrick Swayze's lips. And unfortunately, that's kind of true to life. I mean, Patrick Swayze, yeah. according to my research, Patrick Swayze was pushing three packs a day. Mm, wow. And, you know, unfortunately, he died of pancreatic cancer. And, you know, when he started getting really sick, he attributed at least some of the reason why he got sick to the fact that he was such a heavy smoker. That's kind yeah. of a shame. If it's okay with you, I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, Carrie Ann. Sure. So in our, uh, in our character actress spotlight uh, for this minute, I want to talk a little bit more about Carrie Ann. Uh, who's played in uh, this movie by Kathleen Wilhoit, who we'll talk about in a future minute. She's a waitress at the Double Deuce. She seems to really enjoy fights. So in, in every fight scene that Carrie Ann is in, she gets really into it. Like she she is excited. She's cheering for the people who are fighting. She seems like she's like Horshack. Like she really wants to be like, like Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. Come on. Like I'm exciting. I, I'm excited by the fact that there could be brawling. So for mm. all I know, perhaps this movie is like a big downer for her because the, the body count is going to kind of steadily decline as the double deuce gets cleaned up by Dalton. Mm. Um, she has an incredibly exaggerated southern drawl what do you think about so why don't you give us your thoughts about kathleen wilhoit's accent work in this movie based on the limited experience there i think it's i don't know it seems she reminds me a little bit of uh of jan hooks in was it jan hooks or uh she was on saturday night live yeah but in uh in Wee's big adventure where she was doing the uh the tour of the alamo she was the tour guide for that it seems I don't quite have that connection, but I'll take your word for it. Like <laughs> it was, someone who someone who is play acting what they think someone from that part of the country should sound like. A little bit, yeah. That, that's the vibe I'm getting, and it, you know, partially is just her, her very. Do you uh, think her accent in this in this movie is sincere? In other words, probably in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Jan Hooks was sort of enjoying the fact that she was doing a parody of someone who was talking in Texas drawl. Do you think right. that? Kath, do you think that Kathleen Wellhoyt thinks that she's talking like someone from Jasper should, or is she poking fun at the way that someone from Jasper should be talking? Jasper's in Missouri, by the way, in case you need some okay. geographic context. Um, probably a little bit of both. Probably like, you know, her, you know, she's not trying to be the kind of like super authentic and super relatable. She needs to be not that in a sense, I think. Yeah, so. she is a, she's a, so I would say she is, if, if we call Denise a uh, major minor character, Mm -hmm. Carrie Ann is a minor, minor character. She appears mm -hmm. in a couple of scenes. She's not integrally involved in the plot. Kathleen Wilhoyt is from the southern enclave of Santa Barbara. So okay. clearly this is not her genuine accent. She mm -hmm. has chosen to speak like this in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, I will also just note from based on a couple of other minutes and some notes from the script, actually, that we'll get into. She doesn't really seem to have the greatest sense of boundaries. She really doesn't seem to mind asking people personally questions it does really doesn't seem to bother her to kind of just infiltrate her way into people's lives if she can yeah are you getting a little taste of that from this minute yeah that's that you know kind of oh, brash is the word but that kind of yeah and you know, uh, i would just... and unafraid <laughs> I will just add one more thing that she has one of the most cringeworthy musical performances ever put on film. Oh, and we will get to that point in the movie. If you ever get a chance to watch this movie, you will know what I'm talking about. And That's I hope you agree with what I've said, because uh, if not, you're just wrong. Um, it's, it's something else. Let me tell you. Hmm. It's an interesting uh, 80s morphing into something else hair that's going on in a lot of people here. Of course, the dominant hair feature in this movie is the mullet. Sure. 
Um, Patrick Swayze is but one example. I guess you would say our man Terry Funk has got a pretty... Terry Funk is mullet-adjacent. Yeah, Hank is certainly trying to put a mullet on. Um, the, the mullet, ha- there's some strong mullet game in this movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. Peter, you ready to do a little bit more crowd surfing? Yeah. All right. So yeah. in, remember, in crowd surfing, this is uh, where we each pick out one of the extras from a crowd scene and talk about why we like them the best. I went first last time, so I feel like it's only fair that you should get to go first in this minute. All right. Well, the, the, the one that I definitely honed in on here is uh there's a there's a guy behind Carrie Ann who's just passed out at the bar the whole time. <laughs> is there's that just, the man in the blue shirt? Yeah, he's just got a you know blue jeans and a blue probably denim shirt or related. And uh you know he's just he's just not moving. He's just sitting there the whole time he's totally passed out on the bar. Bartender pours out another pours out two drinks and gives one I think to Puts them on Carrie Ann's tray, but then pours out another one and puts it on, gives it to the guy next to the guy who's passed out. So it's obviously not like a problem or an issue. For a second, I thought that he was giving the passed out guy a drink, and I was like, that would be funny. But this isn't, it's uh, not really a slapstick kind of movie, I don't think. But I'm uh, so glad you picked this person out because I'd never paid attention to them. I'm rewatching this minute now, and I think I, I do see his body twitch slightly. So I'm fairly mm-hmm. certain he's not a corpse or a mannequin. But that's about right. you're right. That's about it's about what he's doing. So here's my question for you: Do you feel like he was given this directive on the on the day of shooting, or do you feel like this was an actor's choice? Um, I'm hoping it was an actor's choice. They're just like, oh, we need people to be around, and and you know, if I were, um, uh, seems ironic that if like a, if I were looking for a way to stand out. That might be it, you know, just being being a total lump, almost a corpse on the bar. I do. You're right. I do see his head move a tiny bit when I want to give this guy a tremendous amount of credit, because, like, I don't think most of the actors in this movie or extras are trying to stand out. They're going to get paid scale. They're going to get paid the same amount of money, no matter how much time they're there. And this guy showed up and said, you know what? I'm going to beat all these folks at their own game. I'm going to take their money, and then I'm going to spend the day literally taking a nap on the bar because, you yeah. know, that he must have been there for like six hours. Yeah. And when while these other people like imagine imagine no shirt pex guy, he had to do that dance over and over for probably two hours. Yeah, at least. This guy can just pass out on the bar. Yeah. That is an excellent choice, Pete, but that's not my choice. Right. My choice, I hope I'm going to, You, can, if you want to call this cheating a little bit, I can probably try to ad-lib and pick another person. I'm going to pick someone who I'm pretty sure is a stuntman, but stuntman don't get listed in the credits either. So yeah. I'm going to pick the person at about, it's about second nine. So the the person that Morgan launches his uncouth missile at, he's dressed in sort of a purplish shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as he gets hit by rude barfly, he just makes an amazingly exaggerated fall onto the ground like Mm. the way that he falls down it's almost like someone said to him by stage direction like you need to fall down in slow motion we're not going to run you in slow motion today but you need to fall down in slow motion so that's my (laughs) choice for this minute excellent yeah i I think he does a nice job well well choreographed on that guy's part for sure let's talk about this scene according to dalton's three rules uh i told you there wasn't going to be a little quiz but just out of curiosity do you uh do you remember any of dalton's three rules from our previous minute i know wait it was expect the unexpected yeah so that's minute one you got them in order Uh, do you have a sense of uh if people in this minute were expecting the unexpected uh well it seems like the people sitting at that table certainly weren't (laughs) expecting somebody to be thrown through it no, they were not. They were just sitting there enjoying their drinks, and then suddenly there's like a man sandwich on their table. Yeah, that was uh, that. That did not go well for them. 
you know, I'm playing it back, trying to see how many, there's like a little bit of a domino effect. Three different tables are affected and almost a fourth one. Like the one guy at the la- at the fourth table just kind of gets up as if he was like, whoa. But, oh, I uh, just noticed a bonus. If you rewind, if you watch that second again, you will see a man in a khaki shirt with no sleeves. He's sort of hidden by the guy in the red shirt. So you got to look for him quick. Right. Um, he and Hank, he picks up a guy appears to chuck him across to the other side. Did you see the person I'm just talking about? Yeah. He is technically part of the bouncing staff. I know that that might be hard for you to recognize, considering that he was sitting down at a table with patrons, who it turns out are mostly 18-year-old girls that he's trying to hit on. He's Mm -hmm. dressed in what looks like cast-offs from Raiders of the Lost Ark, Mm -hmm. and his bouncing technique apparently is to pick up the person who's been thrown into him and throw him into someone else. His (laughs) name is Steve. Oh, okay. And like some of the other members of our Double Deuce staff, he will not be part of the staff for very long. Um, I'm not surprised based on his his performance here. Not surprised. I also have written down here in my notes, uh, I don't think Carrie Ann thought that she would be meeting Dalton tonight. That seemed to be a little bit unexpected on her part. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, You want to try to uh, hit us with another one of the rules? Um, I'll I'll do rule two. Rule two is, or never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary take it outside so you know i think it's fair to say that morgan has not read rule number two right uh, but hank does sort of make a good faith effort to to try to start taking some of these people outside so i don't know it's kind of a mixed bag on rule, rule two right well he starts it inside though definitely but then he uh, kind of pushes them outside but there's definitely some stuff started that's that could that, easily be that could easily have led to a different oh maybe he had them you know most of the the bouncers that i know are, are fairly good kind of at uh, sizing people up and so I think he knew that that uh, Mr. Stripes here probably wasn't going to be enough trouble. He was going to be dealt with easily enough that he could start it in the bar and just have him thrown out. That he wasn't going to wasn't really going to going to cause too much of a problem inside the bar here. Well, that's possible. Although I think Dalton would probably disagree with you there. If you watch this right. movie, there's an amazing part in the first couple of minutes where he literally tricks two people into kicking themselves out of the bar. Mm. All right, rule number three. Do you remember what rule number three is? Uh, and that was, was it be nice? Be nice. So let's nice. talk about it. Do we think the people in this movie, in this minute, were nice? I don't think anybody is nice in this minute. <laughs> no, I, I would totally agree with you. But let's just, let's just sort of tick off the different ways in which people elected not to be nice. Well, I mean, it, it starts out, you know, Terry Funk's punching a guy. Throwing him into a table. Can I actually back up a little minute? Because one of the things we didn't talk about was the fact that theoretically this whole confrontation is instigated when Barfly attempts to get Denise to turn around and look at him by kind of like putting his hand on her shoulder and attempting to turn her around. So, Mm. you know, I'm going to say in no age is that cool. So I'm going to say Barfly not being nice. And then I totally agree with your assessment of Morgan's utter failure as a bouncer then he goes over and kind of threatens uh um dalton just totally in his face for sure and then he turns around the dalton turns around and kind of passes the buck with with being rude to uh to carrie ann who's just asking him you know she's trying to make conversation it looks like and when she yeah. gets him to answer he she just kind of you know laughs which is which is not necessarily seems like she's laughing at him granted i don't know the full context of the thing but uh, i no, i i I agree with you that that no one is being nice in this minute i read her reaction a little bit different i I almost feel like she is reacting with just kind of utter shock and amazement that she could be in the presence of someone like this it it would be like if you know if, if you tap somebody on the shoulder and they turned around and they said i'm george lucas right 
be kind of like that. Just, you know, just to pick an analogy at random. I did not get the sense that she felt like she was mocking him. I got the sense that more like she felt like she was embarrassed to be there, as she yeah. probably should be. I'm trying to think. I can't think of specific examples, but I know that when I worked at a store for a long time, there'd be sometimes there'd be those moments where you maybe not recognize somebody, but it's just, you know, somebody comes up to you and they, they're buying some stuff and they give you their credit card and you look and you look at the credit card and then you look at them and you're like, Oh, I know who you are. And that like having that moment of like, oh, like I can see that being her. It's more, you know, her reaction has more of a, of a personal effect on her. But uh, that happens she... to me every once in a while here at the, the school where I work at. So let oh, me just yeah. tell you a quick story about that, that I think you will appreciate sitting there in your New York Mets baseball cap. <laughs> so uh, at the school that I'm working at, it's not uncommon for there to be, you know, kids of fairly uh, well-known people attending. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're working there as a dorm staff person, it's a boarding school, you just, you want to just treat them like regular people. And they just want to be regular people. Honestly, they're just mom and dad dropping off. They're probably sullen teenager. They want to have the last couple of minutes with them before they're not going to get to see them again for a couple of weeks. And I'm new. This is my first year at this school. I'm trying to be helpful. And I look around and this very tall man is coming over to me. He looks like he knows how to carry his body. And he just walks up to me, sticks out his hand and says, hi, I'm George Pataki. <laughs> So you get, I, I could tell you would get that reference uh, being a yeah. New York guy that you would oh, recognize totally. that. That's funny. Um, so that, and that, that hasn't happened to me that often here that you just sort of accidentally get a chance to talk to someone famous. Um, right. But I imagine that's the way that Carrie Ann is reacting. Okay. So our Wednesday guest feature on our normal Wednesday feature with people who have seen the movie, we like to mm -hmm. ask them which of Brad Wesley's henchmen, Brad Wesley is the big boss in this movie. We like mm -hmm. to ask them which of Brad Wesley's henchmen they think they most resemble. Uh, but you've never seen this movie. Would you, Pete, like to tell us which of Darth Vader's henchmen you feel like you most resemble? <laughs> resemble in terms of physicality or just in terms of the career arc or what, what are we? This is an open question, Pete. You can mm -hmm. take this however you want. Uh, hopefully you don't end up like Captain Nita. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, my my gut says, you know, I think we're, I'm striving to be a a an Admiral Piet who just kind of you know sticks around long enough and is is relied upon long enough that uh, you know do your job just well enough to not get killed. <laughs> Is my motto. There's something sad about that too, in the sense because in the in you know in the end it doesn't really matter. But in the end, it I don't know really that you want to stand out a whole lot on an imperial flagship. You know, as as the famous yeah. proverb says, the nail that sticks up gets hammered down, or in your case, mm. usually gets force choked. Right. So I, I'm gonna let me amend that, and I want to say I'm gonna be uh, um, I'm gonna use a little bit of headcanon and say I'm gonna be Chief Bast here. Chief Bast is the guy who um, is an Imperial officer in the in the first movie, and he's the one who, uh, when it looks like the rebels have a chance, he goes up to Tarkin and says, "Hey, you know, it looks like the rebels have a chance. Like, should we uh, prepare your escape craft, evacuate Tarkin in our moment of triumph?" And then headcanon on that is that Chief Bast is just like, "All right, well, I'm out of here," and he know he. <laughs> Blitz. He takes the escape craft and leaves because we will later see reused footage, unused footage from from uh, Star Wars used in the Star Wars Holiday Special, which happens after Star Wars. So I'm going to say he tried to do the right thing. He was like, and then uh, was you know headed for the escape craft, looked out for himself, and 
lived a happy life. So I'm going to, I'm going to amend that. I'm going to go with Chief Bast. Very good. Very good. I appreciate that. Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Uh, come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at, at RH Minute. And you can email us at Dalton says be nice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now.